Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Strive for Five podcast. Like always, joined by Joe. Both of us coming off W's. Joe, how you doing? Feeling great. I feel like I'm back in it now at two and three. My team's healthy, knock on wood, and let's keep the momentum going. You most definitely are currently in the seventh slot. Couldn't beat Barvini by quite enough to move into that sixth spot. Uh, but joining us today, got another exciting guest. We've got the defending champion, the owner of Joe, Greg Cohen. Greg, how you doing? What up? What up? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on the pod. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time uh, caller, uh, so really pumped about this. Uh, Ty, I did think we forgot something, though. Aren't we supposed to talk about the Jags for, like, 15 minutes right now? You're right. Everybody give me a uh, five-page report about Gardner Minshew that is due in five seconds. I mean, he's obviously the greatest of all time. Yeah, second only to Derek Carr, of course. Correct, Joe? No comment. Oh, all right. All right. So, Greg, one quick thing before we start. Does it ever get boring beating Joe consistently? I'm sorry, I missed that time. For some reason, you cut out. Can you say that again? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let me know if you need to repeat it again afterwards. Um, does it ever get boring consistently beating Joe? Um, you know, I. It's tough to say. It's like, you know, does it get boring beating Tom Brady? Probably not. Am I comparing Joe to Tom Brady? I mean, you could arguably say yes. It, it, it's kind of insulting to Joe. Honestly, he's much better than Tom Brady. I, you know, I don't know about that, especially how he's been doing recently. Pretty similar to the same trajectory, if we're being honest here. Um, but uh, I would say no. I, I, you know, w- when we were talking about this podcast before, Joe literally said, I am not going to be talking to Greg during this entire thing. And I think I'm in his head. I think I, uh, I currently uh, like, am renting an apartment uh, in his head, and I'm excited to buy it soon. Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt at all that that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, but yeah, Greg, let's talk about our matchup first. Um, you know, sending me the uh, the birthday gift of a life, big gift of a lifetime uh, with 81 points. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, though, you did make the right decisions. Uh, you just didn't have a lot of options to work with. Yeah, you know, you're welcome. Um, I felt bad for you. You've had a lot of tough years. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you know, you. and you, you, you gave me a $50 uh, gift card, a gift card or whatever it was for the loser to the winner last year. So I just felt a little bad. Um, yeah. You know, I think uh, I've been I've been playing fantasy for quite a few years, and I don't think I've ever seen something like this happen to a team. Yeah. So, Greg, I do have a quote from the draft. Um, it says, quote, uh, oh, my God, it is so great. Tyler is an automatic win every year. Um, that is a quote from you, Greg. Uh, yeah. So do you think the fantasy gods kind of came back to bite you with that? No, no, I don't. Um, I think that's still true, and I think it'll only prove – uh, proved me correct looking forward into the year. Uh, I'm a little confused by that. Uh, you did lose. I know, but don't we have a second game at some point this season? Uh, we do not. Uh, super tight. Next year will be automatic. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So my team uh, kind of wasted a good performance here. Uh, Mahomes just, you know, decimating a terrible Raiders defense like always. Uh, and yeah, uh, Joe, what do you think of our matchup here? Uh, yeah, I think this was the bye week of all bye weeks for you. Uh, definitely a nice birthday gift by Greg, uh, giving you a, a gift you, like Greg. that. Uh, Mahomes, 37 and a half. What the hell? I put my pride on the line. I let you know, for the MCHU listeners out there, we do pride bets on that podcast weekly. I bet Tyler my pride that Mahomes would get 60 points. He only puts up 37 and a half. Just, he said 40 for the record. The, the, the fans are going to hold you accountable. I thought it was 60, but... 40 sounds better because at least he got 37 and a half. Just terrible performance on his part. 
looked terrible in the second half of that game, outplayed by Derek Carr. Uh, yeah, I mean, Greg, I, I thought it was a questionable decision to uh, not start Nick Chubb and hope that he could come off the IR mid-game and instead start Melvin Gordon without a game. Uh, yeah. what, what caused the decision there, and do you think it led to Melvin Gordon's DUI? Yeah, yeah, you know, Melvin, <laughs> I got a got a history with Melvin. I was really excited for him when we uh, the Chargers, sorry, not we anymore, but the Chargers drafted him, never really lived up to the expectations. I mean, expectations are the, the GOAT, so uh, it's tough. Um, and I don't mean Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, yeah, you know, I uh, I thought that there was a chance that game might get moved to like Wednesday, you know, especially with more teams getting sick. But of course that didn't happen. Um, man, I, I mean, I luckily I got all of my bye weeks done in one week. So watch out uh, for the league the rest of uh, the rest of the time here. Uh, Greg, this is uh, your nemesis speaking, Joe. Uh, I got a quick question for you. Why only play eight players? Um, really, you played seven because Alex Smith came into that game uh, after the kickoff. But why don't you make some moves uh, with the waiver wire and pick up some guys that were actually playing? Yeah, that's a good question, Joe. Um, you know, I was looking at the waiver wire and I didn't really want to drop any of my current players. I knew this week was a wash no matter what happened. Um, and so I was just uh, trying to bide my time. Uh didn't want to drop Alex Smith. It got two, 2.58 points from him. I think that's pretty incredible, uh, that play right there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's only one, uh, one guy that didn't score for me, and that's Melvin. Um, so, you know, I didn't really want to drop anybody. Still believing Leonard Fournette is going gonna, is gonna to come, come back for me later in the season. I feel like dropping Alex Smith for Flacco, who had 18 points, would have been the correct move there. And I don't know if you realize this, but sometimes tiebreakers come to points scored for the season. Mm -hmm. And Tyler did point out to me uh, that Nick missed the playoffs by 70 points one season because he took a similar approach uh, like you did and didn't take one week seriously. And that cost him a playoff spot. Are you at all concerned that you might miss the playoffs by possibly 20 points because you took this week very lightly? Yeah, that would suck. I didn't really want Joe Flacco, uh, to be honest. And I was thinking that there's a potential that Alex Smith uh, moves forward as the starter uh, if he, like, did well, which he didn't. So that's probably not happening. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's going to work out the way it's going to work out. I'm really pumped for my team moving forward because I get Devontae back. I get uh, my two best picks, Rodgers and Newton, back. A.J. Green might, you know – actually catch a ball next week and Nick Chubb <laughs> Nick, Nick Chubb comes uh comes in in about hopefully four or five weeks um and we'll see man I mean I'm really pumped about that Devontae Freeman pickup he uh he looks good so yeah AJ Green was my sleeper last year apparently he still hasn't woken up uh, a season and a half later uh one more quick thing Greg and then we'll move on from this matchup uh Joe and I pretty clearly told you that Gronkowski over Schultz was the right play uh what caused you to go the other way there um, I don't have Gronkowski on my, my roster anymore. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a weird decision, but all right. Uh, so, yeah, we'll go on to the next matchup here. Uh, Joe got the big win holding off Parvini. Another incredible defensive effort on a Tuesday night from Avila Island. You know, I'm upset with myself that I did not start the season with the name Avila Island. <laughs> the real Slim Shady, or the excuse me, the real Slim Brady was a mistake. Started off uh, one and two with that name, two and zero, oh, or excuse me, started off zero oh and two, right? Easy for you to say. Or zero oh and three. I don't know. I lost track. 
all these weeks uh, mixed together for me. But I just want to point out Derek Carr for a second. 39.58 points, outscoring Mahomes in that game. Little nugget for you guys here. Derek Carr is the all-time leading passer for a passing touchdown for the Raiders franchise with 151. And CBS Sports did a quarterback power rankings. Derek Carr is number 10 on that list. Top 10 quarterback, hey, uh, you guys. Hey, Ty. Is this, is this yeah. podcast just talking about Minshew and Carr? Because it's not really fun if we're just going to do that the whole time. Uh, I mean, that is half the, the idea. Yeah, it was just to have a forum where we could talk about Minshew and Carr. I thought that was understandable. Sorry, that's my bad. I, you know, I wouldn't have come on if that's how it was going to be. We'll, we'll, give you, we'll give you your Fernando Tatis segment Thank at the God. end. So we'll, we'll... <laughs> Before Greg rudely interrupted, Derek Carr also has 11 <laughs> touchdown passes with one interception on the season and is currently the number seven fantasy quarterback. <laughs> number seven. He's top 10 on CBS Power Rankings and top 10 in fantasy. Do I need to say any more, Tyler? This guy is a beast. I don't know. Make the playoff. Well, unfortunately, he does not rank top 10 in the all-important TAI. So that's really the only thing people go off of here in this league, as we all yeah. know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, a good win for you. Matty Ice uh, still, you know, falling asleep. Are you going to consider playing Fitzpatrick here in the future? You know, Matty Ice with back-to-back terrible weeks, and I've gotten wins both times. I think that just speaks volumes of my – draft approach of really building around the running backs and wide receivers like I did when I won with Jason Campbell and Kerry Collins. Obviously, that was due to injury, but my the rest of my team was able to pick up the slack. Both my quarterbacks, Brady was under 20, Matt Ryan was under 10, and I still put up 158. So once those guys get going, maybe I'll, I'll mix in Fitzmagic if the matchup is good. I think my team will be just fine. So, Greg, you obviously had the dominant win over Joe. Not sure how familiar you are with Parvini's roster, but what do you think of these two teams so far? I'm uh, not too familiar with Parvini's roster. You know, I like to focus on my own team. Uh, that being said, Parvini mm-hmm. has not been great uh, in the past, so I just don't think he's going to be good moving forward. <laughs> he is coming off a third-place season here ago, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. So moving on here to the next matchup, (laughs) I have the worst joke of all time, and I'm just going to go with it. Uh, Greg the leg started for Joe. uh, And uh, speaking of legs, uh, Dak to the future (laughs) went down to Alex this week. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Greg, what do you thought of Alex's uh, 5-0 start to the league? Uh, Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That was so good. Oh my gosh. Uh, five and zero start. Yeah, that is, uh, that is pretty impressive, uh, to say the least. Five and zero start. Damn. Um, when's, who was the last person to go five and zero and not make the playoffs? Cause I think that was me. I was going to say, wasn't that you? <laughs> yeah, man. I had to win one game. I ended up going six and seven. So I, I expect that exact same thing to happen. I'm just, you know, that's where I, I, you know, there's, there's uh there's a history of it happening. So I feel like it's guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, to speak to that, uh, let's go by Alex's uh, scores against this week. In week one, he played the lowest (laughs) score. In week three, he played the lowest score. In week four, he played the lowest score. And this week, he's like, the game's like, you know what? We got to bump up the intensity. He scored the 10th out of 12 in scoring. So, uh, pretty cushy ride. I think it's fair to say even Jared would probably be 4-1 and at this point. What do you think, Joe? I think Jared would still find a way to be 0-5, but... Alex has, yeah, been, right. <laughs> Alex has been extremely lucky. 
That said, he put up 206. Alex, you got to save those 206s when it matters, not against a team that puts up 125. You need to manage your points a little bit better. But, yeah, yeah. you know, Volpe, uh, moment of silence, guys, for Volpe's team. It's our fault. Last week, we came on here talking about how Volpe had the best team in the league, and then, bam, there goes that. Uh, carrying Alex's team now is Justin Herbert. Greg, you seem to be a pretty big <sighs> Herbert fan. What do, you, what do you thought of him I'm so far? I'm so frustrated that he's good. It's so, <laughs> it's so frustrating that Herbert is good, especially because and we should have known this. Like When RJ was like tweeting that the Chargers made a horrible mistake and it was like Herbert's trash, we should have just known he, this guy, he was going to be great and he was potentially going to be the be- like better than Joe Burrow. Golly, it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's definitely Joey Bosa 2.0 right here. God damn it, Shanks. <laughs> Shanks' sure thing was oh, wrong again. should have known. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really unbelievable. I was talking all this shit in my head, I guess you would say, and all these people are like, oh, well, yeah, Philip Rivers is leaving. Good luck with Tyrod Taylor. And then Justin Herbert is just like this knight in shining armor who's going to lead them to 4-12, uh, and 12, but an exciting I mean, at least he's getting the you know, taste of like what it is to be a Charger. Like. Could right. he, like, could he have the done anything else to, to win that game? I mean. <laughs> Usually throwing a 64-yard TD with two minutes left in the game is, is going to win it for you. But nope, not it. Not Gosh, nope. man. Also, I love that. Uh, and I know we're now going on a Chargers thing. But the guy's name is Money Badger. I mean, that's just horrible <laughs> to miss that kick. Money Badger, come on. Yeah, you, you want to join us? Um, no, I, I, I just want to read <laughs> off a few more things about Derek Carr for a second. He's a three-time. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, so into the next matchup here. Jeff finally getting on Huge. the board here, avoiding the 0-5 start. He was not able to have his Dodgers overcome a big deficit last night, but he did have the fantasy squad pull through with a win. Joe, your boy Nads took a tough one on the chin. His defense really didn't hold up last night. Yeah, both these teams are not very good. Put up bad scores. Uh, so I'm just going to change the subject here. Derek Carr was drafted in 2014, mm-hmm. and three quarterbacks were drafted ahead of him. Blake Bortless, I don't even know who that is, but he went number three to some team named Jacksonville. That was a bust. Johnny Football Manziel, are you kidding me? Teddy Dos Guantes, Bridgewater, and then Derek Carr. Derek Carr is the best of those four. Wow, what He's a, a three-time pro bowler. What a, let me, yeah, what a bad year. Let me say, let me say something. <laughs> what a let me say something. quarterback year. <laughs> Again, Greg rudely interrupting me. My nemesis doesn't understand <laughs> podcast etiquette. I have a couple more stats. But for real, though, like the GMs that year, my God. I mean, they probably got crap for drafting who they drafted. There were just yeah, no that's answers. Rough. Derek Carr was the answer. You know, got to go special teams player in the first round when you see that type of talent. Yeah, I mean, there had to have been like a Kasim Osgood light talent that you could draft there at three overall if you're Jacksonville instead of Bortles. Just a huge mistake. Guys, this nugget's going to blow your mind. 200, All right, 231 dude. players have been targeted this season. Only one has netted a per- perfect passer rating of 158.3. Can either of you name him? Let me guess. Let me guess. That is Henry Ruggs. False. No. Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Freaking Aguilar, the guy that could not <laughs> catch a pass in Philadelphia, is 158.3 with the god Derek hey. freaking Carr. Hey, hot hot take and moving through this, uh, you know, Minshew talk. Or no, this is Car talk. They're the same player. Um, anyways, yeah, it's all the same. Uh, I think I know what my favorite matchup for next week is if we can just move on to something else ever. 
Okay, one quick more, one more quick note here, uh, Greg. If you had to take a quarterback here for the next five years, would you take Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson? Two QB squaring off. Oh my gosh, uh, that is a really good question. I'm going Lamar. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. I'm going Lamar. I would go Joe Burrow personally, but I'd go Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow as well. Once Cincinnati's offensive line gets uh, figured out, I think he'll be fine. I think- All right. Well, yeah. Congrats to Jeff. Great performance. Natter unable to win his second or third game of the season with the second lowest score of the week. Just a, a devastating blow for Natter. Uh, Greg, next we'll we'll talk about your boys' roster here. Another big win for Team Murray. Yeah. Beating Larrabee. Terrible luck for Larrabee so far. Uh, Greg, you got a first-hand look. Shanks kind of yeah, blew you did. out last week. Uh, what do you think of his start? Uh, you know, Archie's having a really great start to fantasy. Uh, what I can't wait to see is him lose in, like, you know, the playoffs because it happens every year. Um he gets really yeah, close, then he blames it. He brings up, like, how he lost to, what was it, Joe, Jason, who was the quarterback? that Terry Collins and Jason something um, years ago, and, like, that was his championship year. Um, RJ just loses in playoffs, uh, and I think, I, I, you know, there's, there's no proof of him ever going to win. Uh, you know, he's, not, he's just not going to get there. I just don't believe he ever will. Yeah, Greg, uh, you mentioned the uh... – Jason Campbell, Kerry Collins matchup that knocked Shanks out of the playoffs. You know, RJ mentioned in our group chat that Derek Carr is the bottom 10 in the oh NFL. My God. Oh my Hold on, God. guys. This nugget's going to blow your mind. <laughs> Derek Carr is bottom 10 in the NFL in air yards. RJ, I know you're listening. How many air yards were on that pass from Jason Campbell and from Marcel Reese? Let me tell you, it was about one yard. And Marcel <laughs> Reese took that 80 yards to the house and knocked your butt out of the playoffs. So, air yards don't matter. It's an irrelevant stat. Moving on, so I'm going to drop the mic. Tyler, something about RJ's team that I just need to comment on. Yeah. Last year, we all know why I won, and that was because of one player, Michael Thomas. He had like a, almost a 40-burger uh, against Joe to take me into the finals. RJ is such mm-hmm. a bad manager that Michael Thomas literally doesn't want to play. He punches his own teammates so he doesn't have to play on RJ's roster. And at this point, I just like, I, I mean, you got you got to look. You got to look at what your team is doing, okay? It's not like he got COVID. He literally doesn't want to play for RJ. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it's, I mean, would you want to play for a team that's been in the league that long and never won a championship? I think it's, I think it's fair to question. I mean, not... I think it's very fair for Michael Thomas to question whether he should play. I for think the his team. players are frustrated uh, that RJ has six other fantasy leagues. You know, he's not dedicated to his players. He's he's just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm having my hands in so many pots so I can win one league. You know, like that's just you, you can't do that. You have to dedicate yourself to uh, you know a certain amount of leagues so your players know that they care, uh, like you care for them. Yeah, I think it's uh, good. I point. got a question for the both of you. Outside of Jared Davis, who is the worst fantasy owner of all time in this league? Oh, man. You're really putting us on the spot here, bro. I mean, the way things have been trending, it's hard not to say (laughs) me. (laughs) You're tied for the most titles in the league. How could you say that? I'm the Bill Russell of of this fantasy league. I I think the correct answer in all seriousness, Greg, I think you played with him. I'm not sure you're – but it's Albert Alvarado, uh, LMU guy. Really, really terrible owner. And yet he is the – a one and zero career record against Jeff. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna say Nolan. Nolan was always very middle. Ooh, Nolan was pretty brutal was pretty too. Bad. And also, <laughs> Nolan was the one that did the most preparation. Brought like 
like booklets of notes to the draft, and it was just prep. This is the pre Jeff era, most preparation. But yes, no, no one was very locked in. Yeah, no, I think I actually, to go back on the RJ thing, I actually do like his team, but his team, it's a lot of guys that could all just decide not to play well in one game. You know, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what I am worried about him for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of banking on Ryan Tannehill being like one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. That's the success that he's had so far this year. Yeah. Uh, but all right, and then we'll go on to our last matchup here. And it was the showdown from last week, the one everyone wanted to see. Nick versus Sheehy. All three of us picked Nick for the win, and Nick did not disappoint. Joe, how proud are you of Nick? I mean, we're unbiased here. I'd, what did you think of this match? I didn't doubt Nick for a second. I knew uh, he would put up a very nice score against Sheehy. Um, I mean, 62 points from Davis and Bridgewater. That Carolina offense, watch out. And that's without CMC. It's unbelievable. Um, really did a great job uh, playing defense as well against Sheehy, holding uh, his running backs to combine 13 when uh, Nick's running backs combined for about 58. So that that's a that's why he, he won this game, in my opinion. Yeah, Greg, we talked about RJ's uh, terrible management. This is back-to-back weeks Sheehy has lost, and I think it's solely because he played Minshew at QB and Russell Wilson at OP. Big slap in the face for Russ, don't you think? It, it's just wild to me. I feel like every fantasy man, like, like whether it be your wide receivers, your running backs, like if I got Devontae Adams and Cole Beasley, which I do, uh, you know, I'm going to put Devontae in the top spot. Like you just, you just have to. I think it's, it's poor management. Um, it's, it's poor management. And again, like your players are going to play for you, uh, you know, depending on, you know, how, uh, how you treat them. And it's just disappointing. You know, maybe maybe we should stop talking about Minshew altogether on this podcast and he'll start doing a little bit better. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's that's probably the only thing we can do. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I mean, Sheehy, another manager just like RJ, been in the league a long time and never won. And I think these guys, they just focus so much on, you know, who's the best free agent pickup or, you know, how many points a week am I scoring when really it's the intangibles that create a championship manager and a championship roster. Don't you think, Joe? Yeah, I agree 100%. And Sheehy played Minshew at QB1, and it didn't work out for him. Parvini played Derek Carr at QB1, put up a 40-burger. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I walked right into that yeah. one. Oh, man. But, yeah, Nick, I'm honestly – I'm playing Nick this week, and I am absolutely terrified. I mean, Todd Gurley looks like, you know, a top five running back once again. Obviously, I'm not serious about that, but he's, play, he's playing very well. Yeah. Mike Davis looks like he is just the black version of Christian McCaffrey. I don't see any difference between the two of them out on the field. And then Dos Guantes is checking it down to Mike Davis every play and averaging about 30 points a game recently. Yeah, but you so, are lucky. You're uh, catching him on a week that uh, – um keenan allen right keenan allen's not playing so that's yeah that, that helps that is you true. i guess unless you know darius slayton comes up big i you know i don't or robbie anderson i feel like i feel like you're catching him at the right week unless i'm missing a bye week though he does have deandre hopkins and mike evans to still play so he does <laughs> it's not not exactly a cakewalk you know what it's because he had him as the offensive player uh because matt stafford is there so yeah no that's well i need it Damn, Nick has a really good team. I, should... I know. What the hell? We were writing them off like two weeks Whoa. ago. Whoa, Nick's team is, is so good. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> and Nick is also 9-2 and two career against me. And also, he's 9-1 and one in the regular season. So it is arguably the most lopsided matchup in this league. So I am just completely screwed. I feel like Nick is I, – I, I, 
I feel like Nick is like going to be the next person to win a championship that hasn't won one before. Wow, big statement. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like that's that that's going to happen. I feel like Nick's going to be the one to break in and uh, get the trophy. Yeah, uh, going back on this uh, Tyler Nick matchup, Tyler, this is another bye week for you. I mean, when you look at oh, when Jesus. you look at college football, you build yourself up for that big game. You want to win it. That's what Nick did this past week with Sheehy. What happens the following week? You lay a dud. You're just so That's you're true. still in celebration mode. I think Nick might not even break a hundred next week, and Tyler has yet another bye week on his schedule. I mean, it, it's it. Let's hope so. I think more likely is he just rides that momentum. You know, everybody can agree that momentum is the greatest thing of all time, and he's just going to ride that momentum into next week. Uh, so, Greg, going up to matchup of the week uh, this coming week, there was one you had in mind. Wh- wh- which one was that? Um, I think the biggest matchup of this week for me uh, personally is uh, the Steamers versus, uh, you know, Jeff and the, the, the fine crew. I mean, they're both, mm-hmm. they're both one and four. They're competing for last place at this point. And, I mean, look at those projected totals. Those are fun. Those are exciting. Barely breaking 100. That's what we want to see in the worst place matchups. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. That's I'm going to be on the edge of my seat the entire week. Uh, it's really going to play a huge role going forward. I think Larrabee has had a bit of bad luck yeah. here so far. Uh, Jeff, I, I love you, buddy, but I think you're more lucky to be 1-4 than 0-5 at this point based off of uh, the scoring you've been putting up. Uh, but, Joe, who you got in that matchup? We're going to make that one the primetime game. Uh, and by primetime, I mean the Thursday night special. Uh, who you got? Yeah. Thursday night special on Amazon Prime. Yes. I mean, this one might be on Hulu, but I'd hate to agree with uh, my nemesis, Greg, but the Cleveland Steamers, and this is fine, it has to be the game of the week. Um, good call on both of you guys. And I think Cleveland Steamers pull it off. Uh, this is fine. It's not fine, Jeff. You need a name change. What, uh, what, what I think Larrabee is forgetting is, and I, you know, it seems like the theme of this podcast really is that you have to treat your players well. Amari Cooper, you really got to, like, wipe his ass to, you know, like, you really got to treat him <laughs> as well as possible, give him a lot of positive uh, reinforcement. I mean, the guy just disappears if you don't. And uh, you can, I mean, hey, I dealt with him last year. He was wonderful for me at times. And then when the playoffs hit, guy just tanked. So uh, I know that, ex- I know that feeling well. And I feel like Larrabee, I just think Larrabee's team is more complete. I do love A.J. Brown, but, uh, you know, there are some people on Jeff's team that I've never even heard of. Yeah, I mean, Larrabee's wide receiver crew is just absolutely loaded, and he's still running Cooper out there. Yeah, he, he needs to play uh, Stefan Diggs weekly. He's clearly the favorite target of Josh Allen. And going to Jeff's team, he has Breeze on by. I, that might be a good thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, I got to break. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, possibly sliding into that slot, a quarterback that was drafted after Derek Carr. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, just I, I'm a little thrown off there. I, I didn't see where we were going. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> Stephon one. Diggs might be um, the best fantasy receiver this year at the, by the end of the season. Like, that's how good – that's how much of an impact he's made on Buffalo. Stephon Diggs – I had no idea he was this good. Like, I, I just saw him with Kirk Cousins. And, again, no one should be held accountable for their time with Kirk Cousins. I mean, that is an absolute disaster. But that team, has their offense, in a lot of ways, has really dropped off. It's picked up a little bit these last couple weeks. But 
now all of a sudden Josh Allen looks like a top five MVP Crazy. candidate and can all of a sudden throw the ball accurately just because Stephon Diggs is on the field. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I I mean he's he's really fun to watch. He's he has great routes and he's just so quick to uh, to his cuts. Also, just great hands. I mean, he's kind of uh, again like like you, we you can't judge anybody that has to deal with the Kirk. Yeah, you know? like we just can't. He's Man, I feel bad for every, I feel yeah. bad for every offensive player on that uh, Vikings team right now. They deserve better. Think about if you uh, if you trade Josh Allen for Kirk Cousins and put uh, Josh Allen in that uh, in that Minnesota offense. That that sounds pretty fun. And again, you know, going back to our theme, I just noticed this: Larrabee one and four. Why he has Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs? That's clearly just a duo that did not work, and yet he still wants to pair them together. It's, it's just. Just a just a horrible See, decision. Just a here's horrible another decision. thing to look at Larrabee's team that is making me now even more worried about this week. He's got Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins leading his team. That, oh, <laughs> man. And then he's got, I love Travis Kelsey, but Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins leading your squad, one of them is going to have a bad game each week, right? Like, you have to assume. You're lucky if one of them doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you're more, it's more likely that both will. Uh, but, you know, talking about Stephon Diggs, uh, we mentioned great hands, unbelievable talent. I think there's only one way to transition here, and that is to the GOAT with better hands, with better talent. Fernando Tatis. Greg, just, just talk about the guy for, for a few minutes here. I mean, it's got to well, be done. It's got to be done. We haven't brought him up on this podcast I yet. I, I did bring enough, him up I should once. say. Um, you know, I feel like it's, he's the type of athletic being that if he decided to be a wide receiver in the NFL – guaranteed 10 for a hundred with at least a touchdown each game. And I don't think that's a question. I think that's just like a guarantee. Like that's his limit, you know? And then I feel like, excuse me, that's his floor. I feel like the ceiling there probably breaking Calvin Johnson's uh, record twice in a season. I mean, he's just, he's the greatest uh, individual to ever come out of uh, San Diego. And yeah, I, I truly mean that. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to limit him. I mean, you said San Diego. He's the greatest human being to ever come That's out of true. anywhere ever. So, I mean, the, the, there's just no doubt about that. Uh, I mean, I'm still going back listening to stuff about him now. The Padres have been out of the playoffs for a week. Uh, Joe, what, what, do you, what have you thought about uh, Tatis so far this offseason? Well, I just want to correct Greg for a minute. He said 10 for 100 and a touchdown for a game. He might have that in the damn quarter. I mean, he, he's just a specimen. Yeah. Unbelievable specimen. player. But, uh, yeah, I think he's in the Dominican Republic right now, just hanging out. He, he needs to stay healthy. He is. He is. Pray for Stay pray healthy for down there, FTJ. <laughs> Don't uh, go to any strip clubs with Tommy Pham, and we'll see no you next clubs. season. Yeah, no strip clubs. One thing, uh, one thing to add uh, to Tatis, um, you know, I, I definitely believe in baseball gods, and I'm almost positive Tatis is an actual baseball god that has blessed San Diego. And I don't think there's an argument against it. I can it. see it. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to try to form one here. I mean, that, that sounds completely logical to me. One quick note on fam. Uh, this is going to interest everyone, of course, in the podcast. Where, where he got stabbed, I usually, when I'm like in the office at work, eat lunch about 50 feet away from That's there. All the time. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not eating lunch there on a Sunday night at like 1 a.m. But still, I'm like, whoa. I know okay. exactly where it that was is. like a 12 inch cut too right like did he get stabbed with a machete yes like did, it like, sure did seems like it take a machete did you see and his back like, hack at him jeez 
again, of all the people, there were like, I don't know if you guys saw the TMZ video. There was like 20 people at that event. Why right. does Tommy get stabbed? There's 19 non Also, who's the guy, Why who's is the guy that wore exactly what Tommy was wearing? Do you think Tommy was like, <laughs> what is really this funny. Like, why are you dressed like me? <laughs> they had to have called each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, Greg, any, uh, any final thoughts uh, here on either this coming or this season or this week or anyone you want to talk um, shit to? Yeah, I just want to say I'm projecting myself to uh, go seven and five. Um, with the uh, rest of, like, you know, just looking at the rest of the matchups. Um, Shit-talking-wise, um, you know, I, I, you know, I don't have much. I think, uh, I think Joe sucks this season, and he's not going to make the playoffs. You guys have the big matchup coming up in Week 12. That's going to be an awesome, awesome game. Uh, it's going to probably make, uh, determine which one of you two yeah, gets Yeah, I in. might just play a lineup like Greg did against you last week because I just feel bad for him. I have so many rings and so much playoff experience. I, I feel like Greg just needs to get in there again and build up his resume. Maybe I'll toss it to him at that you know, point. You know, I view Joe, as I said, he's Tom Brady. I view Joe as uh, the Patriots. You know, yeah, they had championships back in the day. No one really gives a shit about them anymore. I view myself as the Kansas City Chiefs. Finally broke through, got the championship, and about to have five more this decade. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, Greg, you keep calling me Tom Brady because of my reigns. I'm going to call you Eli Manning because you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not very good. You, you found a reign or two, and most of it's because of your defense. So maybe you'll get a second reign because you have a good defensive year. I don't know, but uh, good you luck know, to you, Eli. Maybe, uh, maybe you could beat me, uh, and we'll see what happens. But in all honesty, I think I have a winning record against, think, uh, against you, Greg. Carr, I think David Carr is better than Derek, so I think he just system wow uh, greg i have a winning record against you i have more rings than you i have more playoff experience hey, than hey, you Joe, so Raiders, take, take a win too into uh into the offseason when you miss hey, the playoffs uh, joe, joe why do the raiders just try to draft the fastest receiver compared to the best receiver like why do we have to draft another darius hayward bay that's just gonna flame out of the league and then go to the steelers as the number six henry uh, Ruggs, man i don't know I think I think Ruggs is the next Tyreek Hill, and you drafted Ruggs, I believe, and then you dropped him. And look, he's doing fantastic. So maybe it's some speaks to you as an owner, Greg or Eli. Sorry, to me Eli. as an owner, as the uh, the current champion, Joe. If you remember correctly, where's the trophy? Because it's not in your house right now. It's take, in mine. take a good look at it, Greg, because you're never going to see it again. And I want you to count how many times my name's on that trophy versus yours, because I think I got you beat there. And you know who's. And I'm You know who's never going to get that trophy? <laughs> RJ. <laughs> we can all agree on that. It's a great uniter. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, thanks Greg, for joining me. For Joe. Uh, <laughs> for Tom Brady, Joe, you're, uh, you're washed, man. You're washed. <laughs> that was fun. Good work, boys. Yeah, hopefully we... Uh, can have you back before the end of the season here. We, we got to do an off-season pod oh, squad pod or something. <laughs> that was just so – I mean, it is great to see <laughs> just the Dodgers getting their ass kicked right now. Oh, my God.